Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick and Brian. Hey, you can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group and you can enjoy a really fun time seeing brian on camera brian i'm gonna enjoy another sierra nevada hazy little thing ipa while everybody well if you're driving just hold up a, a bottle if you can if you're polishing a car hold up your polisher everybody in the community let's go over to, to the hyperclean specialist group and let's check out brian's post this was awesome fun education with uh, mr mildren as he was showing everybody his process for priming a pad Brian, how did you, I just got to start off, you know, what was your story like growing up as a kid? How did you figure out shovels were the way to prime a pad? I mean, really, it's just all about saving time. I mean, you got to get your process down and, and save time on it. So, I mean, if you can take a shovel and prime a pad with it, then, hey, you're good to go. <laughs> was it early <laughs> beginnings of, you know, the chop? Never mind. <laughs> Brian, welcome back, man. Thanks for uh, coming on again. As I said, enjoying a hazy little thing, IPA. Mr. Walters, Nick, hey, catch us up, right? Because we've got some sort of breaking news, but if anybody can remember to some past episodes, well, Mr. Walters kind of broke the news previously, kind of letting everybody know what was about to happen. We got some giants now that are starting to rumble, starting to fight inside of the industry. Catch us up. What's happening now? Well, I wouldn't call it a rumble. It's been sort of a knockout. Uh, definitely the fight's over. So in June, we had an episode about PPG, the paint company, jumping into paint protection film. And it only could really mean one thing, right? And there was only one thing that could have happened here. They were going to go directly to manufacturers because that's who they work with. And so the breaking news this week is about Expel, that Expel is essentially now has two lawsuits from shareholders. For those that don't know, Expel is a publicly traded company. So they have shareholders in their company. Those shareholders have brought two separate law, uh, or excuse me, two separate lawsuits. And one lawsuit is basically saying, hey, PPG just did this Tesla deal directly to the Tesla manufacturer, and you didn't tell us how dependent you guys were on Tesla for your business. And so they have a disclosure problem. The second lawsuit that just kind of became public today or yesterday late is another group that's saying, hey, we noticed you stopped telling us about your supplier in your filings, which is Entrotech, was making all of Expel's film. For those that don't know, Expel really doesn't make anything. They don't have, they don't make anything. They white label everything. And the reality is PPG cut a deal for the film to be made by Expel's supplier, Entrotech. And so, kaboom, Expel probably now doesn't have a supplier or has gone to a different supplier without telling everybody, which is what a lot, a lot of film installers thought for a while had been happening and they never disclosed it to anybody. And so when you're a publicly traded company, that stuff's a big no, no, you make a big change, like who your suppliers are, et cetera. You better let people know. It seems 
that there's a lot of questions of whether Expel Corporate has been operating above board for quite some time. And this has huge ramifications, right? When you're a publicly traded company, you need access to capital to continue to run your business. If their share price continues to go down and people stop investing in the company, they got a serious problem. But, you know, everyone listening to this, that stuff is kind of lawsuits and uh, uh, really tough stuff to even dive into. But the reality is PPG went behind their back and cut a deal with their supplier to then go supply film directly to Tesla to be put on at the factory in California at two factories, I believe. All right. So for all of us that are concerned about the guy down the street, let's put in perspective of what you just said, right? PPG goes and takes the deal. I made a joke is before we were getting on, right? Like imagine what those early meetings were like. Imagine those discussion points of this giant of a company going, all right, hmm, we're about to go do this. So, yep. huh. Interesting where we're at, Brian, do you, you think this affects, can you see a, a ripple? What do you, when you hear news like this as a detailer, what kind of goes through your mind? Is it like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Do you, you kind of go, Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, I mean, I'm not a PPF guy. Uh, don't, we don't install PPF, but it's whether it's that or anything, when you start talking about something being done at the dealership, if a company can save money, that's that size, they're going to, if they can make money doing it, they're going to. And it's just another add on of, you've got to provide a good service. You got to, it's not just about doing the service. You got to provide a good service. The reason they're coming to you and I'm not just doing an add on at dealership. It's the same. I mean, but they already do. I mean, the add on of, if you buy a car, you get, you know, the protection plan of the wax seal and stuff like that. So we are kind of accustomed to it. I don't think the PPF world's really seen it too much. Um, but it will, I, I don't see it. It's hard for me to see it's being across the board, being a, a permanent thing where it affects the installer to a certain extent. So there, there is a little bit of a ripple effect, Nick. I kind of brought this up to you earlier. And Brian, as you yeah, said, I, it, it I think, you know, we're, we're getting to a place where everybody has to understand something. This is now more about reputation management for the installer than it is about affecting their business horribly. Right. You got to understand that dealerships have been applying PPF for a very long time. It's all really bad installs. You have to assume the factory is going to be poor installs. And so what will happen is, yeah, they'll take a few customers here and there, but enough people start buying this and it's bad enough. They'll just stop buying it. Right. So they'll come back a second time and buy a Tesla and be like, I'm not adding that, you know, $7,500 feature because the last time it just looked like crap. It'll have a short term effect. If they get it right, it'll have a long-term effect. But how many of us really believe a manufacturer or a dealership is going to get it right long-term? And so they'll get a lot of one-time purchasers. I think it'll be hard-pressed to, to think everyone's just going to add this onto their car a second, a third, or fourth time. Okay. I think Good point. I mean, also, I think it really opens up for, I mean, if you're a PVF guy, it's really something you need to look at is, is working with a dealership. Because if they see a value in this as selling it to a customer right from the factory as an add-on, then, I mean, I would think you would be on board of hitting dealerships and being like, look, this is a thing. This is what these companies see value into their customers. So why not go to your local dealership and be, we, we are going to install PPF for you because this is a thing that's coming that people are going to want. 
mean, we get more and more calls. I used to never get calls for PPF. We get more and more calls for it. And it's just something that is coming more. So it is, a, I mean, I, if anything, it might be a good thing if it puts it on, if you're buying a car and you see that PPF option, it might be something nobody knew what it was before and they see it there on buying a car or on a slip. It it sells it a little more for you too and gets it in front of the customers in face. And you're going to be cheaper than an add-on. No different than you're most likely going to be cheaper than the paint protection or uh, ceramic coat you get from a dealership. I mean, they're, what, $3,000, $4,000 or whatever, your protection plan at, when you buy a car. So and it might be a good thing for the PPF guys. Two ripple effects then. Let's discuss these, right? First, what you just said, Brian, right? Like the ripple effect of now that something big is happening, it's time for people that are, right, serious about their their craft, serious about their business, serious about what they're doing uh, for protecting with PPF, for them to understand that, hey, if they would have been performing, if things would have gone the, the way that everything should have gone, and this is the, the other ripple effect that I want to toss back and forth with you, Nick, this is kind of something that, that I found to be interesting, and I want both your guys' opinions on it. If, Brian, like you said, if we would have been going to the dealerships and making sure, and I say we as detailers, going to dealerships and making sure it was done the right way, if we would have been handling it with our customers in the right way and growing the industry of PPF as detailers with our precision and the way we see things, hmm, would we be in this situation where you have this mega giant wanting to come over and explode everything and or, right, that's also the ripple effect. They're seeing how much was out there that yep. we did not capitalize on. So our minimal ripple effect, because we didn't capitalize, we're seeing that somebody else went and went, okay, I see it. Now it's time for yep. us to take it. They also have the connections to, to absolutely explode their business with PPF. So if you look at PPG, they waited until PPF got to the mountaintop and a lot of people knew about it and they go, ah, maybe we'll jump in now. Well, they have the deepest pockets, right? So when they jump in, they're ready to jump in. They can put a hundred million, 200 million, 500 million behind it, whatever number that is, they could put a billion behind it and not miss it. So I don't think we're ever going to stop big companies from from hopping in and doing what they see as profitable. I think the reality is that you look at all of these people very similarly. There's people that are going to be on the ground floor, which is detailers and, and film installers and whatever. Then it maybe makes its way into the dealership like it did. And then all of a sudden the big boys come in and say, okay, man, we've let you guys make enough money off this. We're going to cut everybody out and we're going to go right to the manufacturer. We still don't know if this is going to work for them. Okay. You got to remember, there's a lot of things that get tried in the car business to get tried for a year, two years, five years, and then they just abandon it. There's a lot of dealerships that don't do ceramic coating. Marty, you and I know this. They tried it. They didn't like it. They're out. Okay. Or they just didn't try it because they don't want to fool with it. There's also a bunch of them that, that are in it and they're in it and they're going to be in it. So, I don't think there's anything we could have done because once something gets popular enough, the big boys are going to come in and steal the business and do what they feel is necessary for them because they have the money to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't dumb. I mean, they have billion-dollar companies for a reason. They have people that's all they do is figure this out. How can we make more money? Where can we profit? Just whether it's 5%, 2%, we're going to make a ton of more money. It's what they do. And they're going to come in and they're going to do it. They, like you said, they have the money. They have the backing. But they're not they're not going to just waste money to waste money. If they see a value in it, they're going to do it. So you just got to figure out how to make it work for you. I mean, it might be, like you said, it might be a catastrophe. All these cars might come out, years start peeling off. Well, good for the PPF guy. Customer comes to you. Well, I get to charge you for removing crap PPF, and then I'm going to put new PPF on because you want it because you liked it, but this is kind of failing. So you might even make more money from it. But it's it's just, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make it work. You can... You know, it's not always looking as a bad thing. And I think some people probably will panic and be like, well, there it goes. I won't be able to do any PPF now because they're just going to do it at the, at the factory and we're, we're just done. But like you said, it's it's a matter of being a quality work and still having that reputation of people coming to you because you do great work. And most people that are into cars, that are custom to good work, they do not look at a dealership as that's where I'm going to get a good job. They're not the guy going to a dealership to get a detail. They're not the guy, you know, trusting dealership to work on their car they realize that you're probably got a $12 hour guy doing these kinds of things, whether it's a ceramic coat or a PPF or whatever the case may be. So once again, if they're going to put it in front of that customer on a, on a build slip, which is when you're buying a Tesla, it's all on your phone. Then it, it's just one more thing guys and be like, you know, well, I'm going to call this place over here because it's 3,500 at Tesla. If I had it on, like, let, let me call Jimmy's PPF and see where he's at and, you know, if he's at 2400 bucks, he's probably going to be like, ah, I'm going to put it on the build slip. I'll just get this guy to do it. And he's local. If I have an issue, I'll take care of it. So there, there are positives. Yeah. And I, I can definitely appreciate that, right? Like, is the, is now that people are affected, is our glass half full or is it half empty, right? Like always seeing where we can take opportunity and go attack the opportunity. Thanks so much for making sure to share that and point that out. hundred percent facts right there. Let's, Let's think about this for a second. If I'm ground floor in a sense, not of, you know, hey, I'm ground floor of getting started with something, but uh, maybe I'll use a better word, right? Ground level, meaning like, let's say I'm I'm an installer. I'm, I'm out in the war in a sense, right? I'm out in it. I'm heavy. I want to think about something for a second, Nick. Something that you talk about is you talk about how usually the middle get squeezed out. We use this uh, analogy when we're thinking about different aspects of the economy or different aspects of, of people in business. But we think about here, if I'm an installer, how does this affect me? You know, if I'm a big dog installer, does it affect me? If I'm a low dog installer, does it really affect me? Because I'm probably not really doing a lot it's that middle crew that will probably start seeing the complaints, people starting to, you know, have their opinions about, hey, you know, I, I'm now, you know, going to get squeezed out or they're leapfrogging me, right? Like, did the middle get squeezed out? If I'm an installer and I'm feeling this squeeze, what do I, what do I, what should I do? What, what is there something that I could do? How should I be feeling right now? Well, if you're on with Expel for all the wrong reasons, like a lot of guys are, I think you do need to be worried. Uh, Expel's name's going to take a hit. You thought you were with the cream of the crop. You aren't. You're a mid-level business. You haven't realized that Expel doesn't treat you the same as they do the cream of the crop. You're not the VIP installers, the big companies. You've always been under fire, but you didn't realize it. 
you didn't realize that that Expel was making you play by different rules than the biggest companies they do business with as installers. I think it is a big problem for the middle class because a lot of those guys tell themselves they're operating an elite shop and they aren't. Uh, they aren't treated that way by Expel. They aren't. They've never been treated that way. And now a lot of those guys did some very questionable things in their business. Let's let's hearken back to the the hundreds and hundreds of conversations that have been had with installers of Expel that have known from the get-go they were installing a ceramic coating that didn't work. They've admitted it, not just to us, but they've admitted it to reps of other companies. And at this point, you're in the thousands of people that have said this, and they all stayed on board with Expel because it was such a brand name. Not a brand name now. It's a brand name under fire, and the Titanic is starting to sink. Are you going to be the last guys on the boat? Are you going to grab a, a life raft and start doing right by your customers? This all comes down to one simple thing. The guys that are bitching and getting caught off guard about Expel were never paying attention to what Expel was doing the whole time. Expel sells $99 full car tent directly to dealerships right underneath the nose of every film and tent shop that exists. They've been doing it for a long time. Expel was going straight to dealerships. Expel was putting corporate stores up. You know, After cities were developed, they'd come in and say, okay, we're going to buy this guy's shop, screw everyone else. If you didn't catch on, who's supposed to feel bad for you? And that's a lot of the middle guys, okay? They got a reasonable-sized business. They thought they were special, and Expel is showing you you were always an afterthought, but you didn't catch on soon enough. Those are the guys we see talking the most online, sending the most text messages. The guys are the most upset. If you're really operating a top-level shop, those guys will just go and get film from somewhere else, and their business will march on, and they'll be an elite-level installer for another film company. The middle guys are the ones that think they were operating elite and they weren't. Because remember, all the elite expel shops that I know were never installing expel ceramic coating. They never did that to their customers. The guys that got forced into that who told themselves they were, they were elite didn't realize there were different rules for different people. So expel putting out a ceramic coating could be kind of, we could look back and say that might have been when the kind of downfall would have started, right? Like, definitely when I started hearing of installers began to say that their coding didn't work was when I started to begin to go, hmm, what's this brand that I heard so many great things about? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of great detailers, Ryan, you know, plenty of detailers, Nick, you know, plenty that, or, you know, just business owners that have run an Expel store, they're good people. You know, they, they bought into this system and, Nick, you're right there. You know, there is part of the ownership, you know, playing the game of, hey, I'm going to buy this system, but I'm also going to make sure that the company doing the system continues to operate in the way that I see fit. You've talked to people, Brian, it is hilarious, right? When people go, yeah, I, I've been putting on this coding. It's failing. It doesn't work, but I'm continuing to put it on. So, hey. Is that just, you think that's just part of our industry? Is that just the way it goes, you know, because there's so much snake oil that goes around anyway? Like, hey, you know, why not? let's do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still, I do not have an answer why people hang in there. Like even the XBEL guys. I mean, once you start seeing some of these happen, 
what is the trigger that keeps you there? What what is it? Whether it's a coding or PPF that keeps you with a with a bad company? Is it just you you are people have convinced you somehow if you're you're doing wrong and it's they're right? I don't understand how you keep providing a bad product to a customer because this company tells you, well, we're the best or whatever the case may be. You got to use this. You got to put this on, or you know, we're going to take, we're going to do this to you. I don't understand what keeps them there. Or if you, you have to know it's not a good system, and you're still doing it. I don't, I don't, I don't have an answer of why. Okay, these, what about these this answer? What about this answer? Do you think it was that dealer map, right? Like I threw this out oh, to yeah. you, Nick, previously, I, I, right? Like yeah. if somebody's buying into a system. There's a lot of people that bought into a system because I was going to be on a map and then I'm just going to get naturally leads fed to me into my business. I'm not going to have to work on marketing. I can just pay for it or I can just be on their map. And a lot of reps would let's dangle that carrot out in front of the tortoise and the tortoise yep. will never be able to grab it because the tortoise never understood marketing. Never really understood, Nick, as you said, never understood the the hierarchy of the map. Did you think yeah. you were ever going to get those leads? Yeah. Did you ever think you were going to get the top quality leads? So let me tell everybody how the dealer map works at Expel, especially. Leads come in and they sift through the leads and they give the top flight leads to the top flight shops. What does that mean by top flight? Usually they're the ones doing the most installs, buying the most product, doing the most things. That simple. Then when the leads get weaker and weaker, they start to dish them out to the lower shops in that area on the hierarchy. A lot of people told themselves a lot of things and a lot of people allowed reps to threaten them with the dealer locator, 100%. They absolutely got fooled. I got text messages to prove it, DMs to prove it. Guys worried about the dealer locator. And here's the funny thing. Within the last two weeks, guess what Expel started to do? If they didn't like you or you didn't follow every rule to the letter of the law, they started just clipping people from the dealer locator. It didn't work for you anyway. So you stayed on board and did wrong by your customer at your shop on the dealer locator map, not knowing how the world worked. And so you got game. And all the guys getting mad now, let, let's, let's come at it from this angle. All the guys getting mad now, you're mad that Expel hasn't done all the right things, right? And now Expel's under fire. While you were putting ceramic coatings on cars from them that weren't working and you were screwing over your client. There's no honor amongst thieves, man. <laughs> One company wasn't doing right. The other company wasn't doing right. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. You have no reason to be mad because you were doing wrong by the customer. And this is what's happening in the manufacturing world, whether it's a detailing chemical, a ceramic coating, a PPF, a piece of PPF. Manufacturers largely don't think about the end consumer. They think about their consumer, right? So at HyperClean, our consumer is the guy using the product. We have a belief we should be worried about how that works on a car because it's common sense since we come from the world. But Expel, they're just worried that their installers are bought in. The customer getting the stuff on their car, it's not a thought to them. Don't believe it is a thought to them because they're proving that it isn't. They, they've put their whole business at risk for just not telling their shareholders the truth. So they're going to do right by you, the installer? Come on, man. Like, 
again, I got nothing against Expel, but the film was never the top tier film for clarity. There was orange peel in it. There was all kinds of things to look at here and guys just bought in. It's no different than a cult. You, you buy in, you don't think about it. You're just like, I believe him. Okay. I mean, you've made that decision. Now you got to live with it. There's no reason to be mad. I mean, you, you, you bought it hook, line and sinker. You bring up something interesting, and especially as we're about to go into SEMA week, there's going to be a lot of lights, a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour, a lot of companies, you know, parading around, posting out, and doing what they should at SEMA. There's a lot of detailers. There's a lot of installers of PPF. There's a lot of business owners who have, over the past years, taken that bait from Expel. Now their reputation is at stake. What should they do? Right? This, this is where it gets rubber meets the road if we want to use that analogy. It's time to do something. What should they do? Will they have the heart? Ooh. Can you imagine pulling down those signs? Pulling down those banners? What Can about all the what about all the shirts? What about all the, the hoodies? What about all the hats? What about all the swag these guys walk around in? I mean, there's what guys about, that are... What about this? What about this? The email. The customer email. <laughs> yeah. The, Do they dare email. pick up the phone and call their customers? I mean, what should we be doing right now? Our reputation's at stake. How do we? How do we get... Do we save our reputation? Do we jump ship? What do we do? Well, I think I'll it's a quick go. I think it's a quick lesson on uh, um, branding your company with somebody else's company. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. It's amazing, you know. You see, you know, whether it's Expel of Georgia or you know, uh, whatever the case would be, IGL Ceramic Pro of you know of Illinois, or you know, if you had Hyperclean of Boise on your, on Which your shirt. You would it's, never tell people to do, right? Like that's, right. that's something yeah. Nick and I have said publicly. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that. Thank you. A lot of companies don't, I mean, a lot of companies advise against it and these guys still do it, but it's a, it's a really good lesson. We look at anything can fail at any time and you can get stuck because they don't care. I mean, nobody cares. You're there holding it and think about all the, like you said, all the shirts, all the stickers, all the whatever, just the cost of that thrown away, much less, You've got to completely rebrand your company again and build from scratch again. It's why, you know, we don't only advertise, we don't even show what we use when our, when our uh, ceramic is majority of the time, as far as when we do an advertisement or anything like that, we are providing a five-year yeah. ceramic. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I'll say, and I'll say this, it's very different for companies to, to support each other. You know, the manufacturer and the installer should support one another. You know, we don't ever want to give the impression that you shouldn't be supporting each other and, and helping each other out. But like Brian said, there's a lot of guys that go overboard. And once you go overboard, there is no life jacket coming because now you're overboard. It, 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 you know, you're swimming next to the cruise ship, you know, and they can't get to you. It, it, the reality is, man, that, that's the problem. The problem isn't supporting the companies you love. Support the companies you love. Maybe make a post here and there. Hey, I really enjoy using this coating. I don't have any issue with that. The part of it, that it goes to this next level. And this is what we're talking about. The next level is every piece of marketing material 
that you put out is somehow someone else's brand. And you never know when that brand's going to go off the rails. It may never go off the rails or it could go off the rails tomorrow. And so all these guys, they, a lot of guys thought they were part of something here. Again, I'm going to restate it. It's a publicly traded company. They're not your friends. You don't even know the owners. You want to know why? Because there's a zillion of them through hedge funds and everyone else that buy and sell that company. They're the owners. They're the ones with the say. You as an installer do not have a say. Why? Because they have people that have given them $500 million and you order $20,000 a month. It's not the same. Okay? And so when you look at it now, it's going to be who has the guts. Who has the guts to admit they were doing wrong? Would I necessarily send an email and tell the world I did something wrong? Hell no, I wouldn't do that. But I can guarantee you by the middle of next week, I'd have a solution that wasn't anything attached to what I was attached to before. It wouldn't take me very long to be on phone with every rep that matters in my area. It's a good film. I'd get new film in there. I'd say, hey, learned a hard lesson, and I'd move on with my life. Um, their film well, doesn't come off cars, right? Their, their film doesn't come off cars. But the ceramic coating, if you put that on cars, there's no question you – the person listening to this that's an expelled dealer knew you were doing the wrong thing. It's all good. Made a mistake. So you need a new ceramic coating. You need a new film supplier, and you need to move on with your life. All right, so the that's three it. of us have all made mistakes in business. <laughs> right? Pretty easy to say. We've all made mistakes. Now, when we come to those moments of realizing a mistake, small, large, right, whichever, we have the opportunity to make a decision. Do we rip the Band-Aid off, in a sense, of what you're saying? I, you mentioned earlier uh, the Titanic. Love the movie Titanic. I, not for DiCaprio and the way other people love wow. the movie. I had a lot of right? jokes just ready to go, Marty. <laughs> right? I had a lot of jokes. I saw you trying to head it off. Okay, for everybody well, listening. I needed to stop it. <laughs> I, uh, so... I mistakenly in college played football and my freshman year, there was a guy that was a transfer who was in the movie Titanic. Cool thing, right? So when it came out, we all went to the movie and he was in the arm wrestling scene when they're down below the deck and he's the guy in the arm wrestling scene. Cool, right? So we're loving the movie, right? It's awesome. Here was the interesting part that I mentioned to you, Nick, earlier, which I found very fascinating. The Titanic is sinking. It hit the iceberg. And there's a group of, you know, they're, they're the people that have been playing in the ballroom. They're the guys where there's cello and there's different instruments here, right? They were the musicians that were entertaining, paid by the, the owners of the Titanic, in a sense, to, well, entertain. There was this dramatic scene at the end where they decided that, hey, it wasn't best to go jump ship. It was best to keep playing and go down with the ship, right? Was there one that let down their instrument and went and jumped? Who's going to be the person that keeps staying on the ship and who rips off the Band-Aid and goes, no way. 
no way my business and my customers are too important. And there's the key fact right there, Nick, right? And Brian, we all understand the key fact is customers. Number one rule yep. in business, do right by your customers. Hey, I made a mistake. Let's rip it down. Let's rip that Band-Aid off and let's go. Let's jump ship. There's no reason to go down. And let's go with a reputable band, brand of coatings. Brian, isn't this a thing where some guys, when they realize there's a moment, and this really defines a lot of the young guys' careers, a lot of the path, the direction of the which they go, whether they're a dealer, let's not even think about the expel, right? We could go into detailing. If you have a decision to make that is best for your customers, the guts to do it, you've seen people not do that. I think this generation makes is very scared of making mistakes. They feel like if uh, one mistake is a complete failure and I'm done, and if I admit guilt, or not even guilt, that they were wrong, then this is going to destroy me. Sooner or later, you got to figure out you're going to do it all the time. I mean, you guys, like I said, has happened countless times when you're yep. just like, I got to throw all this shit away. No, I, this was a mistake. I, I got to chuck this. But you also have to think about the things you say. You have to think about how you carry yourself when you start, whether you're bashing another brand or you're talking about another product and you're swearing by this, you know, to the death that this is the best thing ever. It's very hard to backpedal out of that. It's very hard to say I was wrong when you were almost insulting other people about certain things. I mean, we go back to the people that want to go down with the ship that will not make a change because they swear this is the way it should be because they don't see the writing on the wall. And you can go back to the one-year coating, no paint polishing. There will be people that refuse to do that because they swear that is not a proper process or it's not the right thing to do, and they will pass up on it and sit there and then complain that I don't have enough work. It's slow right now. I don't, you know, th this economy is terrible or this and that or, man, this this PPF deal has really messed up my business in the coding industry because, you know, like it's just an excuse when you don't adjust to your mistakes, it can be detrimental. And yeah. younger, younger people especially need to learn that, that you, you're going to make bad decisions, do it all the time and you yep. move on. But like you said, you got to tear that bandaid off and roll with it and, and realize, okay, this wasn't a good call. You don't got to make a big scene, but Hey, let's, let's do right by the customer we need to start providing good service because we're going to stand above everybody else. Yeah. And I, I like what Brian calls is, is an adjustment. If I order a coating from a certain brand and I install it five times and all five times I'm underwhelmed and I don't think it's providing what I need, I don't care if I bought 10 bottles of it. It's time to move on. You saw something that didn't work. Your reputation's on the line. It's only five installs. It's not 500. But for every time you don't make the adjustment, you're adding another install to that list of where you're not doing the right thing. So it's not about making a mistake. It's about making the adjustment. Hey, this is what I'm seeing. I talked to the company. Maybe I got a bad batch. They sent me out another one. The next two installs didn't go well. I got a problem. I, I, something's off here. And you got to be willing to say, Hey man, I, I spent, you know, 2,200 bucks on all this coding. It's a hard lesson. I got news for everybody out there in business. If you think wasting 2,200 bucks is a big deal, you won't be in business for very long. 
just the facts of it. I know a lot of guys are hearing us at the beginning of their career. I'm telling you, you're going to waste a lot more than 2,200 bucks. <laughs> it's just going to happen. And you're, you're going to get to a size. If you get big enough where 20, you might waste 2,200 bucks a month, five grand a month, 10 grand a month. I mean, you, you just don't know. And so you can't see something not working and turn a blind eye to it. That's the key. And that's what a lot of these expel guys did. They knew the coding was inferior. The company knew it was inferior. They knew they had a problem, went back a second time to fix it, didn't fix it. And every installer that put that on cars, that is not on expel. That's on you because you knew. And you're supposed to be the line of defense to your customers. So another lesson to, in a sense, be learned to, as you keep rolling through this, interesting to think about, right? If everybody does right by the customer, everybody wins. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole manufacturing conundrum right now. You know, think about this. How much cheap stuff is for sale at Walmart or on Amazon? Okay. And I want you to think about this. You know what the manufacturers from China don't give a rip about? Whether that thing works for two minutes or two years. So they're worried about their customer, Walmart, buying it at a certain price point. They're very indifferent about whether Brian bought this widget and it works at all. Walmart's already bought it. We're off the hook. So it's now the manufacturing problem across the world is Largely, most people produce cheap stuff, which then means you buy cheap stuff and it doesn't work. And that's exactly the coding situation here with the information we have behind the scenes about whose uh, coding is being used by Expel and what they're paying that company. We have all that knowledge. We're, we're a coding company. It's, we're supposed to gather that knowledge. So what happens is you buy something cheap, you're surprised it doesn't work. But all the way down the line from the manufacturer to the installer, nobody cared if the customer got ripped off or not. And if everybody develops stuff to make sure that it works for the end person, there is no losing. But you also have to have a 10, 15, 20-year mindset to make that happen. Not just, I need to make money to make rent today. And very few businesses care about five years from now. Well, and Brian, you see that probably, you mentioned young guys getting into the business, right? Or it either Nick and I say this multiple times, you could be of any age and you're just young in business. Okay. So it's not necessarily your age on the earth, but you're just age in, in, you know, signing the document, getting everything set up and running a business. Then there's running a business that achieves 125,000, which you talked about previously, right? Like, so you start getting to a point in business that, Hey, where do I go in, in these moments, right? Like I see things happening. I see stuff going on. What lesson really should I be learning at this moment that will help me, right? It maybe doesn't affect me because you talk to a lot of people that come into you as a distributor of HyperClean. You work a lot of, of mobile detailers to shop owners, to car enthusiasts, to a lot of people that come into your business it really does it become just about, you know, understanding who you do business with that relationship and doing right by your customer. Is that really as easy as all this problem lays out? 
one thing you need to realize there's mistakes in your business and there's mistakes that everybody sees outside of your business. If you make a mistake in your shop where you, you know, say you left a bottle top open, it dumps on the floor, doesn't affect anything. Five years from now, nobody's going to know that you spilled a gallon of chemical over your shop and you lost it. You start making mistakes with a customer that can affect you five, 10, 15 years down the road. Because when you continue to do that, those customers aren't going to come back. They're going to talk to other people. You're going to get a name and people are going to see how you conduct business outside of your business. They're going to see your work. They're going to see what you do. You have to control that within the confines of your business and not, you know, you got to make right decisions for your customers because that is going to be your five years. That is going to be your 10 years. It's not a lot of these guys are just like, well, I'll go get another customer tomorrow. I'll get another customer tomorrow. You know, you see a lot of these guys don't let repeat customers. You know, you see on the forums, you watch these guys talk. They don't have a ton of repeat customers because they're just, whether I'm trying to make that quick buck or making a, you know, I did this, I did that at a $5,000 install and, you know, or I did $15,000 job on a camper. And well, I know that was a lot, but probably nobody's going to come and get that done again because they're going to hear I charge some crazy amount of money for a job, but they're, they're happy to made that quick buck. Quick buck. Thank you. That's what I was going to say, right? There's a lot of people over the past years, Nick and I have talked about this. I, I talked about it from what well, just the, the start of the podcast as if people could go back and listen to is, you know, listen, when you're going to get into tougher times of economy, you can't be relying on the quick buck. So many people didn't understand that because it was so great. It really isn't until this time that people have started to take a ratchet strap or tighten their belt, right? Like this is really getting the tougher times for some people. And do you think it's because they've done, they literally just quick buck, quick buck, quick buck. It was so easy to throw out cliche terms or, you know, Hey, do cliche things that so many people in the industry would love to jump on. And, you know, people maybe that watched a YouTube video, they might bite into it. Right. We could just, quickly and easily make more money than we had ever made before. It really was the best time ever to be a detailer. We all have been in different situations where we know over the past years, you can make more money. And, and all three of us have made more money over the past years than we did previously in our career. And a lot of it is because, well, it was easier now that it's getting tougher. Now that quick yep. buck doesn't happen. It doesn't. Well, you want to be sustainable. No. And you got a lot, you got, yeah, you got a lot of people, man, that, that I go back to it. They listen to a lot of the wrong people. They have the wrong mindset. I think that's what you're seeing with this expel thing and people freaking out. They had the wrong mindset about expel. Hey man, if they provide you great products and great customer service and you're able to serve your customer head to toe, I think that's awesome but it wasn't happening that way, right? So you get back to the core of this conversation. You weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing, which like Brian said is, okay, I've done 10 coatings in the last two months. Most of those people have two cars. They've never called me to do the second car. I got a problem. They don't think that way. They go, I did 10 installs in the last couple months. I'm awesome. You know, and, and, and here's, you know, something that I think Brian and Marty and myself, you know, a quote, a guy said to me one time that, that I've always taken with me. 
Losers think they're winners, and winners think they're not doing good enough. And that's the difference. Right? There's a yeah, there's a lot of guys that are just barely getting by and they're convinced and they want to convince you they're the winners. Winners just keep their head down and go, I can get better. I can get better. I can get better. Tom Brady got so many titles because every offseason he could get better. Yeah, well, there's more. a bunch of guys on the end of the bench like, I should be playing. I'm better than him. No, you aren't. No, you aren't. It's okay. But it's a mindset thing that I think Brian and Marty, I think we all agree on some level. It's about your mindset, man. If it's always I'm going to do right by my customer, I don't think you can fail in this business, to be honest with you. I really don't think you can fail in this business if it's always about doing right for your customer. The minute that your eye is taken off that ball, I don't think there's any way you can succeed long term. It's really that simple. When you are installing a ceramic coating, and by the way, Expel's not the only one, because remember, they're getting that coating from somebody, and some of you guys are are, are putting that coating on cars right now and don't realize it because it doesn't have the Expel name on it. You think you're off the hook. Well, we know their supplier, and you're okay with it. You're okay with putting a 10-year coating on a car that lasts two minutes. That That's not about a quick buck anymore. That's about simply not wanting to do the right thing. So doing the right thing ultimately does, right, if we're going to say we can look in this situation as we will see more and more as people listen to this episode, they'll see over, uh, you know, social media, more people complain or they'll toss out, right, you know, the, as we said earlier, okay? Ultimately, here's where I want us to think for a second. Who lied to who? Right? Who in that circle lied? And then as those lies grew, more and more turbulence happened. As you sow, you will reap. The flip side is, as the tide rises, so do all ships. As, Brian, you educate locally, as we recommend every distributor educate locally and talk to have this local community that begins to elevate the craft of properly detailing and cleaning a car, well, then the tide should rise. And as the tide rises, right, the tide of quality, the tide of opportunity, the tide of enjoying my car, Right. We, we say that a lot. Right. Enjoy your car life. Right. The best way to enjoy your car is not to ride around dirty. The best way to enjoy your car is mint, is clean, is pristine. That is the best way. So as we begin to continue elevating our local area, how have you seen this help people? Because, well, you've got some that you've seen that will make posts and they've chosen a different direction, they run into problems. Then we see others that buy into the system of HyperClean and buy into proper car care. And not only is their quality of cleaning better, their business continues to grow and they're not into these hardships. Also their quality of, well, as you've been out at car shows, you've got people just enjoying their car life better. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what the industry is. If the industry is strong and good, it's going to be better for everybody. If 
people aren't having issues, if people are looking at, you know, this person's probably ripping me off or this, this isn't worth getting done or this or that, or I've had this problem. I had this company put this on coating on my car and it wasn't worth a damn. That makes me look bad. When I go to talk to a customer, it makes me look bad. Whether I don't, I don't even know what that company was, who that company was, that customer had a bad experience with another company and he's a potential customer. Now I have to not sell them on what I do, but sell them just on what a coding is and what it should be doing and why you had a bad experience. If everybody's having a good experience, whether the price is here, up high, down low, whatever the case may be, at least that customer had a good experience and he can make a decision. I want to go here or try another company or I, this company provides, whether maybe they provide PPF, another one didn't, I can go here. But if you're providing a good service across the board and you're helping other people realize that, it helps everybody across the industry, whether it's detailing or PPF or painting houses. When customers start having bad experience, it can destroy an industry quickly in an area. And that bad, just, the bad experience a lot of times comes from, right? I don't want to say, right? We're not going to say somebody lied or misled, right? I don't want to say that. But a lot of times that customer experience comes from doing right. If you, yeah. if there's a mistake or there's something like changing, doing right, always the best way we make mistakes, things happen. But yeah. doing the best you can to be right to your customer. But we're back to a lot of bad information, a lot of bad people speaking of the way things should be done. Like you said, the past two years has been wild. It's been, as far as detailing goes, as money you can make. But then you had people coming out and be like, you need to be charging $3,000, $4,000 for a ceramic coating. You need to, if you're not charging $2,000 for a two-door car, you're, you're dumb and you're throwing away money. That, I told everybody, that's going to bite you in the ass. That's going to come back. People are going to have, it might not, maybe it was a good job. But that price is going to come back to haunt you when people are like, I way overpaid for this. I shouldn't have paid that much for this. And when you are start getting slow and you can't sell a $5,000 job or a $4,000 job, you're, you're really going to be wishing you kind of kept it realistic. But there's so much bad information out there that you should be charging this. You should be charging that. You need to be charging, you know, top dollar and this and that. When you don't, you can make, I mean, we see what the margins are with detailing. You can make a very good living by charging a fair price i'm not saying do it for nothing but when you saw some of these prices the past two years and what people i mean you saw the experts telling people what to charge and what your time needs to be and this and that it's it, it can destroy a business and you've seen it with people you see it now people are struggling and when you start asking them well what what do you provide well i don't do anything i mean i'm i do five steps on my paint polishing and you know i don't do anything unless i do that and you know my cheapest package starts at Three thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars. We don't. I don't get out of bed for less than a million. Yeah, yeah. I don't get out of bed. <laughs> I love that one. That that's yeah. the thing. And <clears throat> then you got to convince those those businesses that look, you got to back off a little bit. And it's hard to back off. It's hard to have a company that for two years you're charging thirty five hundred dollars, and then you change your price to eighteen hundred. Well, those other customers will come back and be like, "Why are you charging me twenty five hundred? It's it's a it's a very hairy area to be in when you get into. And here's what people don't realize. The guys charging 3,500 have usually been in business 15 years. Right. They have a Rolodex of loyal customers. And they're See, not ever the going to pay. Yeah. This is right. why the internet has so much bad information. It's not saying that there aren't people charging $3,500 every day. The part they leave out. That guy's been busting his ass developing his customers for 17 years. Yeah. And he, you're not going to hear from him. You're not going to hear yeah. him on that. 
He's, he's yeah, he's not going to be on Instagram. He's not going to yeah. be paying for SEO. He's not going to be paying for marketing. He doesn't need to. Yep. He doesn't need to. It's largely the situation we're in. We're talking to Brian about some stuff here, you know, at his shop and my shop. I told him why I do things a certain way because I don't need to do them in a cheaper manner. I'm also 25 years deep. You just learned to pick up a, a porter cable 12 months ago. Okay, it, it, that was the bad information. It wasn't that somebody wasn't making that. It was not putting into perspective what that guy did to get there. You didn't realize that he was sleeping in a shop 17 years ago. You, you weren't told that part of the story. And we hear that from all the big shop owners that, that talk to guys getting into the business at any age. And they're like, well, I want to have a shop just like yours. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about the first 10 years then. Yeah, Because the first 10 years aren't what you see at my four shops now, at my 10 trucks now. This all happened over 17, 20 years. And, and that's where guys make a mistake continuously. We had a post in the HyperClean Specialist Group this week. Guys, we can only harp on things so many times, and certain guys are going to get it and certain aren't. Guy burnt the hell out of some rims. Happened to us all. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody on this call. I can only tell you so many times that there are certain products that are acidic that you're being told aren't acidic. And we had an exact situation in the specialist group. I can only do so much. Brian can only tell you so much. Marty can only tell you so much. If you don't want to hear it, it doesn't matter what gets said. Right? And that's the part Brian was really getting at. Brian's telling these guys like, hey, man, you've been doing it two years. You don't have a customer base. I probably wouldn't do that. What's Brian? No. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I'm out, right? Like I can't fix it now. And I think that's what guys don't understand is like everyone is willing to lend a helping hand. When you say the words, I don't know, and I need some help. I've never met a business owner that won't lend you a helping hand and, and, and help guide you on your question. When you so, act like a know-it-all, they're out. So an interesting thing then, Brian, as, as we journey through this kind of conversation is a lot of people start to wonder, no, is what goes into a package? Hmm? Right? Well, like, what what goes in to make me a detailer? If I got to do right by the customer, then is a wash and vac right by the customer? Well, how do I define my packages so that I can, well, grow my business, do right by the customer, but also... Do I ever define myself out as a detailer or there's some things that I do that aren't detail-less, right? This this becomes another kind of aspect that's something that you and I have talked about, right? Like some things that people just struggle with is defining their packages and doing right by the customers by doing what the package says, right? Like you've heard, I've heard, many of us have heard when we see posts inside of groups or talk to other detailers locally. Well, hey, what do I charge? Hey, well, what goes into this? And you go, hey, that was kind of a washing bag. Don't don't worry. Be, be okay with that. I am okay. I publicly talk about. Nick, you publicly talk about. Brian, you publicly talk about. We have maintenance, right? We have maintenance programs. We have maintenance packages. That could be more of that car wash, that wash and vac style if we want to go into that camp 
and then we have more detail-esque packages that you know how do i charge what do i do with a package kind of starts to be that next discussion well i think first thing you need to figure out if you want to be labeled as a detailer or you want to make money it it becomes a discussion of do you want to be are you more concerned with being a detailer or do you want to have some money in your pocket money in a bank and be able to make good decisions because you have money behind it like you said we i've been in forums these guys get get going on discussions of you know if you do wash and vax and you're not a detailer you just insulted me because i don't do wash and vax i'm a detailer that's fine but your capabilities with this question you're asking right now shows me you're you're not up here, you're still in the beginnings, which is fine. You can stay at the beginnings and make a ton of money your whole life. But yep. if you're going to be more concerned about getting a label, getting known as a detailer or this or that, you're never going to succeed and you're never going to make money. We've come to this area now, a full detail to me. We have two packages when it comes to detailing, just basic detailing. As far as we have an interior package, we have an exterior package. If you get both of those packages, that's a full detail. You're getting everything done with those two packages. Our exterior detail is a one-step paint polish and a sealant. Interior detail includes shampooing everything, cleaning leather, shampooing seats, vapor steaming, cracks and crevices. Everything's gone through except the engine is not steamed. That's probably the one thing that doesn't come with that package. I see so much now these guys just beat themselves to death with these a la carte. Like, they're like, well, you can't charge a full detail if that person has... Le uh, car upholstery and doesn't have leather you can't charge them for leather conditioner or if it doesn't need shampooing you can't charge them for shampooing this is the package this is what it comes with if you don't need that we're not doing it if you go to mcdonald's and say no pickles guess what they're not crediting you 25 cents you're still <laughs> <laughs> hey, i love that that's, that's brilliant that is yeah. brilliant that is absolutely brilliant. You're right yeah this is the package this is what it comes with keep it simple I've even explained to people, you should have four solid packages that, that runs your company on 80% before you get the ceramic coating. Ceramic coating is different, but as far as we have what we call, I've, I've now come to call it a mini detail, but it's a washing vacuum. We have that interior, exterior, and a full detail. Those are my packages. That is like my, if somebody wants to get a car maintenance or taken care of before you go into, okay, you want to get a ceramic coating. Majority of stuff we do is ceramic coating. We don't even do interior de details very often. I'm priced accordingly. If I'm going to do one, I'm going to be paid for one. And it comes with this. And if you don't want this, then I'm sorry, that's what it comes with. We do offer a vacuum. If you want to add that to a ceramic code job, you want to vacuum it, wipe it down, like our mini detail. Hey, we can do that. 65 bucks, no problem. We'll knock it out. But you see these guys just get buried. And that's why I think that's why you see the questions. How much do you charge? How much do you charge? How much do you charge? Because it's like we you want to charge for, I mean, I literally watched the guy explain to me, if you want, I mean, if you want me to flip the visor down and clean the mirror, that's going to be an upcharge. It's like every little thing, these guys, well, I got to get paid for that. It, it's wild to me that you just can't keep it simple and be okay doing a wash and vacuum. Wash and vacuum, you can make tons of money. There are people sitting right here who make tons of money doing wash and vacuums. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing. And to think that's a bad word or I don't know how we got into, you know, well, I need to be a detailer. Look, if you're doing wash and vacuum, you're a detailer, I guess. I mean, if that makes you happy, if people say you're not, then F them. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you're worried about what those people say, unless they're spending money with you, make money doing, and these guys don't want to do like wash and vacuums, like a bad word. Like, oh, no, 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 don't tell them to do wash. I see guys charging a, a full detail 
price or selling a full detail and it literally is a wash and vacuum. I've seen guys describe it. Hey, I'm doing a full detail. And what would you guys charge by add wax to it? I'm like, what? It's a full detail. Does that not include like a wax or anything? Well, no. I mean, they. I mean, not everybody wants a wax on their full detail. Well, what? Huh, how's this a full detail? I, it, I don't know how we got to this point of, well, I'm just saying everything's a full detail because I want to be a detailer. If the details in the name of the package, then I'm a detailer. And there's so many other opportunities and better ways to run your company. Like, so you're keeping it simple, not doing all the a la carte, this and that. It, it's mind blowing to see the misinformation of people being like, well, no, you got charged for this. You got charged for that, charge for that. I don't know how you run a company. You having 30, you know, it's like, it's like when you watch Gordon Ramsay and he goes in these places and he's like, Oh my God, he looks at the menu. He's like, look at these donuts. They got freaking 90 things on the menu. And he's yeah. like, you can't, you can't have all this stuff. Cause for one thing, you, you're lost. How do you talk to a customer and be like, well, that's going to be this and that. How do they make a decision? It's this, this, and this, that's what we do. All right, great. That sounds we're, awesome. We're real big on uh, the world is good, better, best. Yeah. That's it. Everywhere you go, it's good, better, best, right? So if I go to McDonald's to build on Brian's, here's what I have. Small, medium, large. That's what I have. It doesn't matter if you want a whole bucket of French fries. <laughs> You're just going to have to order a whole bunch of larges, dude. We don't sell buckets <laughs> of French fries here. Like, sorry, we don't have that capacity. And so... Brian make, brings an interesting point. How did we get here? Because people abandoned this part of the business. That's how we got here. I mean, it's been nothing but paint correction and ceramic coating. And 90 plus percent of businesses shouldn't even be offering that within the first two to three years. Honestly, in my opinion. You, know your limit. you need to know your limits. Right when you get off the bat, you need to know <laughs> what you're capable of doing. And, yeah. and then, then move forward, not... Yeah. Hey, um, has anybody detailed a space shuttle? I got a job, a NASA call. <laughs> what, what do you think I should do on this shuttle? I've never done a shuttle before, but yeah. hey, I, I washed my cars yesterday. So. That is the best, right? You I see mean, it yeah. Now, we're yeah, doing dude, our it's... best, right? Inside the HyperClean Specialist Group, we don't want this stuff, but you can go into some other groups. And, <laughs> you know, we've been talking to moderators about getting, you know, dumb discussion, right? Stuff that does not pertain, yep. right? Like, yeah, let's not have that in the group. So you can go into some of these other groups. It really does get funny. I am out at a Bentley. What do I do? Right? Like, yeah, it's it. it's like I'm in front of a $250,000 car and I don't know what I'm doing. Like, buddy, you should probably just take in the Corolla and called it a day. If you're this nervous, there's a problem. Uh, but we got here because every ban everybody abandoned this part of the business. Nobody talks about it. It's like a bad word to talk about doing just an interior and exterior. I don't think there's any problem with it because most guys that have been doing that for 10 years make way more money than the quote-unquote detailer. Absolutely. Point blank. The reason most guys go out of business is because they don't think there's any money in the simple, and that's where all the money's at, Right. Again, if you have built a massive business on ceramic coating over 15 years, that's a whole different discussion than a guy that's two years into business. Well, look at what that guy did. I know, man, he's 15 years in, you're two minutes in. Okay, I'm not saying you can't get there. I'm not trying to tell you not to get there. I'm just saying you aren't there in the moment. And so everything you do with your packages better be good, better, best, or you're going to have a problem. Point yeah. blank. It's just the way and it goes you're going to have a problem with let's let's kind of bring this full circle as we kind of finish it out right like 
the other part of it is if you don't go and work with the appropriate vendors, which we took full fun of, you know, seeing a vendor that has been servicing our industry as you've got 20 and 20 and 20 plus years, right? Combined over 60 years in this industry, we have the right to go ahead and blast a company that came in and then completely is now fumbling the ball that was going to take a large part of our industry and propel them. And they did right over a couple of years. But now as it's in the moment that a lot of people in our industry need them, they are now in lawsuits and they're about to go have some massive issues that we already talked about. So, Brian, this has been a journey for you. It's been a journey for me. It's been a journey for Nick is I got to do the packages. And as we see a lot of people on social and in groups or even inside of the HyperClean Specialist group, if they're realizing there's some products that maybe you mentioned some burnt rims, we talked about that earlier, some companies that say some things but don't actually perform the way that it should be, right? There comes a time for us to realize, hey, it's okay to spend just a little bit extra per detail so that I know that I'll get good quality. I buy good quality chemicals, good quality results come out. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, if you're going to play with fire, you may better be ready to get burnt. If you're going to, if you're going to live on the edge of, well, how much can I cut this for it to be safe? Or how much can I, you know, use this? And what's the temperature of the sun outside where I can safely use this without, you saw it with that rim. That, look, that there's, there's a lot of, there's nothing wrong with a lot of products. If you're willing to risk it, using it. Stuff works faster at times. There's a reason stuff works faster. There's a reason stuff strips things off faster. There's causticness in products to make it work faster. That's fine. If you're willing to always roll the dice that you're going to put this product on and it's, you're going to not be 30 seconds fast where you should be, or the sun's not going to be hitting that wheel, or, you know, maybe that wheel or a piece of plastic wasn't manufactured that great. If you're willing to take that risk, that's fine, but you can't start complaining when you start having damages where you could have spent a little more or, you know, waited another minute for a product to work or not had to be like, well, I want to be able to cut something for the one, five to one, 10 to one. So I, just let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is something Nick and I have been kind of uncovering. We're hearing more and more people talk about this. I had a guy come in here directly locally. He's a young guy that he had seen videos. He had been out on different social medias. He had bought a bunch of stuff. But he looked at me and goes, man, I would really love to just have a system. How important is for you as you've seen people and then as you've progressed that you go with the system and with a company that, as Nick has talked about, hey, go ahead and do your due diligence, do the ground, you know, do the homework and actually look at the owners, look at who is representing the company as you've progressed. How important has that been to go with the system that makes sure that all the different aspects, right? Like Fuego, neutral pH, not as you mentioned, caustic, or as other people have done is acidic. You know, they've used acidic to try and do paint decon. They've used acid. Well, 
Fuego's neutral pH says you get zero chance or the bug cleaners. I was just doing a WCU, right? A, a fun thing that we love to do on a Camaro. I was doing a wash clay uno and I was talking about bug cleaning, right? And Fuego, when you're trying to go into wash clay uno to propel, right? I've got a product, I've got a process and I've got a purpose of providing a good service to a customer. It's a good price for them. It's good, well, not only quality back to the customer, but also I've got good margins in what I'm doing. So it's good for my business, right? So we go back to what's always good for the customer, then we're good for the business. And it's that quality of product where I can go spray a bug cleaner and I can gently come through and clean off the bugs. I can put Fuego down and then I can come through with Uno and do this WCU. And I've got this process. I've got everything done where I'm using a system. I think you really see it when you have employees. I mean, I know my guys can grab a product off the shelf and they can completely botch whatever the process is. And I don't have to worry about them destroying something. Uh, they, they might spray this on that or that on this. And I don't have to be like, oh, shit, you just destroyed this windshield or you destroyed this wheel or whatever the case may be. I know that if a mistake is made, it's not going to be detrimental. What do you think that guy has to do with those wheels? I mean, what do you, I mean, you got to make a customer call. You can drop, well, I just got to drop $2,500 on these wheels because I just destroyed them. You see it all the time in groups. You see, hey, I just uh, trashed this uh, um, plastic door panel. You know, what do I do? And guys are like, ah, oh, dress the hell out of it. No, I mean, that's going to cost you 500 yep. bucks for a door panel, whatever the case may be. Right. It's it's amazing how much you, you less worry, less headache of having solid products. You don't have to worry about damage that, you know, work well, that if a mistake is made, it's not going to be a true costly mistake. It's just like, Oh, well you sprayed the wrong product and you know, that's not, not going to work great on it. We got to go back and, you know, use the right product. Let's clean this off and let's do it the yeah. right way. I mean, it's when you can grab stuff off the shelf, and you know, it's going to work well. It's priceless. I mean, really, when you talk about a cost of product, you have to add in the cost of headaches, the cost of damage, the cost of a time. And guys don't do that. They look at it and be like, what's this cost? Well, this costs this. And I cut this by this and that and that. They don't look at the end cost of anything as far as, man, what's it really cost down the road? I mean, look well, at about the, But Brian, you think about this. Let's think about this. Even if you used all the most expensive products that are properly formulated, you can do 99% of an exterior detail for less than three and a half bucks. Sure. If you, you save money, you're doing it for a dollar 75. Woo. That's going to change your life. Can't even get a 99 cent cheeseburger these days. So, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not really saving anything. So that when, when Brian's talking about the risk, that's the right model, but to break it down for everybody, you're saving a dollar in the end, you just burnt a $500 door panel to save 32 cents on the interior to clean it. Like that's, that's the trade-off you're going to make. I can tell if somebody wants to grow by their system and the products and the companies they're aligning themselves with. When I was trying to grow, I always used reputable stuff because like Brian said, maybe just inherently I knew, Hey, I could pick up the phone if something goes awry here and this is a pretty damn good company. And that's all I cared about. Maybe I didn't think about it any deeper than that, but I haven't had, I think, Brian, you probably told me this. I've never really had a ceramic coating failure in my career. I've sure. never 
burnt 10 rims in a day. <laughs> I've, I've never had this stuff happen. And magically, the only difference is, not that I started out being the perfect detailer, the only difference is I always went with reputable companies. Like, I never had one issue with a ceramic coating install. But I also <laughs> never went with a fly-by-night company. I also never went with a company that wasn't in it for the long haul. Both the companies I installed in my career, still in business today, 13 years later, and still doing pretty well. Not perfectly, but they're doing well, and their coatings still work. So... The risk is the thing to bring up. The other thing is there's just guys that are going to make the wrong choice because they think they're saving money, but let's put it in perspective. The best case scenario, you save a dollar on an exterior detail. Best case, most of the time it's the same cost. You don't think it is, but it will be. Hey, man, if you're doing all that to save $1, literally, I, I think that's the wildest thing about it all. Well, and Nick, as, as we talked about, right, like, Come full circle to the beginning of the episode. Let's go back to reputation. Let's go back to things that have happened in the industry. Let's go back to people that stay with things that they don't believe in. What does it look like on the aftermath when you could have, if you're listening right now, you can make that choice. You cannot be that guy that's now going to have to go rip off signs and pull down bandages and make uncomfortable phone calls. You can do right by your customer. You can. And you can choose a company that over years and years and years has constantly not only done right behind the scenes, but has publicly, which we can all appreciate, publicly talked about right and wrong. As we've all seen, and we're now visually, visually, none of us cannot look away from a company that has not done right. So, where do we go from here? What choices do people make? Do we continue one direction? Or do we make sure that we do right by our customers? Do we make sure that, as Nick, you've talked about doing the appropriate homework? to go dig in to find out who is in charge of the company, who deals with the company, what does the company do, and then make sure that our customers are taken care of. To Brian's point, this is what will get you to that 5, 10, 20-year mark in business. Doing right by your customers and making sure that the vendor you work with does right, not only by you, but also by your customers. Guys, what a great episode. A lot of good information here. Love it. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank you.